Welcome to the Brand Builders Love Podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, creator of Brand Builders Academy and the Amplify Accelerator. Right here on this podcast, we'll inspire you to become a bold and powerful voice in the world and claim your space with confidence. Yes, you can be bold and go against the grain to become the creative rebel you want to be. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hey lovely, welcome back to the podcast. Amazing to have you here as always. I am going to do a very short intro because I am almost losing my voice. <laughs> so, so I wanted to introduce you to our guest today, Deidre Shen, who is the CEO of Cap Show, which is the world's first AI-powered podcast copywriter. It helps experts who podcast create their episode titles, descriptions, show notes, social media posts, and promo emails. And that's just from the audio file. So as a podcaster, this was something that I was super interested in. I was recently on Deirdre's podcast uh, as well, talking all things business and branding and my journey. And so I really wanted to get her on the podcast because her journey has been really unique and different. And I want to say the one thing that I loved about her story is all the ups and downs. And I think sometimes we just see these massive success stories who, you know, just went from strength to strength. And whilst there were a couple of things, you know, it was always good and things grew. But I just think that Deidre went through, you know, failed businesses, ideas that weren't quite there. They decided to close businesses and go to the next thing. They moved to New York and now they're on this journey of developing Cap Show, which is now in beta stage. So I'm very much looking forward to using it um, and testing it out. But this is really a business story about the messy middle and all the bits in between. And I just love that that we get to share all aspects of business with you so that you know that it's a journey and that we're all on the journey together to grow our businesses and make mistakes and learn and go from there and keep going and keep having the ideas and pushing through as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Can't wait to share it with you. Deirdre, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thanks, Suze. Thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. It looks so lovely where you are. I know that you're in New York. And is it afternoon there right now? It is. It's 5 p.m. right now. It rain daylight savings. So it's um, yeah, it's still nice and bright here. So nice. So nice. So I was on your podcast a little while ago. Um, one of your people reached out and uh, and it was such a good conversation. And so I really wanted to have you on so that we can talk a little bit more about your business cap show, but you've had such an interesting journey when it comes to the multiple businesses that you've created. And as my audience are women in business who are growing businesses all over the world, I just thought it would be such a great opportunity for us to really talk about yeah. that journey, the lessons learned, and how you kind of ended up where you are now. Sound good? <laughs> oh, my gosh, I have so many stories to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. We love a good story. So you're in good company. Now, listen, before we dive in, do you want to just let my listeners know a little bit about you right now and yeah. what you're doing at this point in time. 
Yeah, so right now uh, I am in New York City and having a ball. I'm having so much fun. And I have, yeah, I've just launched literally end of last year, so just a few months ago, uh, the MVP of our software called Capture. And what it does, it's kind of, it's interesting. We're even at this period now, and I'm totally happy to talk about this, but we're in this interesting phase of really identifying who the audience exactly is that we're going after. And that might mean that the shape of the software changes a little bit, obviously. So uh, it initially it was created to help entrepreneurs turn their stories into a bank of captions. More and more as we're niching down, uh, we're finding that 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 is slightly changing like the software itself is slightly changed. Yeah. So totally happy to go into yeah. what that means. But uh, yeah. I thought but, I'd- you know, I feel like that's even a great place to start because sometimes we hear from people and we hear their stories. And we're like, I've got this amazing thing and this is what it does. And But everybody goes through that messy middle. Yes. Like we start with an idea and we're yes. like, this is going to be awesome. This is what I want it to be. And then you get into it and you're like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. We should maybe... Yeah move it in this direction. So I feel like we all go through that. But listen, let's let's start at the beginning. So where did you start with your entrepreneurial journey? Mm, so, gosh, close to a decade ago uh, in Sydney where I was raised, uh, where I grew up, and we started, so my husband and I started a dessert bar called The Chuck Pot. Uh, and it's, oh, it was, it was hard. I'm going to tell you now, you talk about the messy middle. It was like the messy beginning and middle <laughs> and, <laughs> and everything in between, you know? So, uh, yeah. And was, so hang on a sec. So what were you doing before that? So before you both started the business, what were you both doing? I, I was in corporate. So yeah. I was working at Macquarie Bank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which it's so refreshing to speak to another Aussie because you're kind of like, yeah, I know Macquarie. I know Macquarie. They used to be a client of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas over here, it's like, who, what, what is Macquarie back? Okay. (laughs) And what were you doing for them? So I, uh, so I actually started working for Macquarie part-time actually when I was in in uni. Um, And so at that time I was in the wealth management team. And then when I graduated, uh, I had a choice between going into management consulting or staying with Macquarie. And I decided to stay with Macquarie um, because they were working on some really exciting projects that I had the chance to be in on. And from there, I've kind of, um, I've always been more in strategy. Um, so I've always been in strategy teams. And I went into the newly formed innovation team, which was really cool. So that was a lot of fun. And then I went into client experience and insights because I actually helped to roll out um, that whole program inside of um, banking, the banking and financial services. I know exactly what you're talking about. I love it. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's nice to kind of go back to corporate world just for a moment. Yeah. Just be like, yes, strategy, innovation, amazing. Yeah, yeah. right, all those like, yeah, yeah. Where they had um, loads of money and you were just like, oh, my gosh, like this is incredible. No budgets, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I was doing all of that. So, and I was doing some of that when we started the business. So I was still working full time as well when we started the business. Uh, So my husband, Ash, he was actually, when we made the decision to open the business, he was actually studying medicine. So he was halfway through his medical medicine degree. So you were in finance, he was in medicine (laughs) and you opened a dessert bar. Yes, completely (laughs) randomly. And neither of us have background in hospitality. Like we hadn't even part-timed 
in hospitality. You know what I mean? Like we never had a casual job, nothing. We were like, yeah, why not? <laughs> it was like insane. Um, because uh, like a lot of it was because I think I always knew that I wanted to go into business for myself at some point. Um, and Ash, I think he was just hating medicine um, at that mm. point. And, but he was really, he started loving baking because uh, we kind of also just moved out of that at that time as well. And um, his mom was a big baker. I used to always bake. Um, but, and so when we moved out, he sort of picked up that mantle and he started baking and I love my desserts. So he was always perfecting, you know, my favorite desserts for me. And yeah, from there it was kind of like, well, why not? We'll just give this a go and see where it takes us. And and so when you decided to do that, because moving from Macquarie Investment Bank and medicine to desserts, what did family and friends and people around you say? Yeah, I think funnily enough, Family was like, I was actually surprised because I'm, you know, Asian, you know, first migrants. So my, my, my parents were first migrants into Australia and they were always very like, I was tutored from like third grade, you know, played the piano, went to selective school, went to opportunity, like all the things, you know, they wanted me to do medicine. I ended up doing law instead because um, I didn't want to do medicine. So, you know, I. I love I, that. You didn't want to do medicine. So you did <laughs> law instead. <laughs> You're that such a rebel, Deirdre. But that was the thing. Like they, they were like it was very clear. You know this yeah. this path, and so I actually thought that I um that my parents would have issues with you know um with me starting this business, but they were surprisingly really supportive. I think it was almost like once their job was done, in a way, you know, like yeah. they got me into a good school and I got into a good degree all of that sort of stuff um got had a good job like they were like you know what it's now your life like yeah wow really does that actually exist anyway so (laughs) um ash's family is always like they're super chill um but i found that our friends surprisingly enough was like they were like and i'd say broad brush not all of them obviously some were like super supportive and they were supportive but i you could just tell that there was a little bit of like yeah like a really this is what you're going to do. Because, <laughs> you know, by the way, all our friends were like, you know, they were also lawyers and accountants yeah. and doctors and they it, they couldn't wrap their heads around this massive jump, this, yeah, mm. complete change. So, yeah, that was interesting for sure. Yeah, always interesting when you do the big change. And so you were still working full-time in your corporate job and so how did the business kind of get off the ground? Uh, so Ash deferred, um, and I say deferred in like it's like he was like <laughs> he. I think he we knew he was never going to go back, yeah. um, but it was just like the backup plan, you know, yeah. just in case he's else, at least you know he can go back to that. Um, so he was in it full time, and I basically was. I went from corporate, you know, eight to. Uh, went into work at like eight, left at around five, five thirty, and hopped on the train, went into the shop, um, and worked until eleven midnight. And then it was like, <laughs> yep, day in day out. That was like that was my life, and I it was tough. I um, you know, I used to have these power naps on the train ride. It was a twenty minute train ride from the city to um where our first store was in Burwood in in Sydney, and I <laughs> and there was a moment like there was actually a time when I did I I fell asleep. And I ended up at the end of the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So it's just when things like that happen, you just know, okay, something has to change, right? Like 
it's just not sustainable. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of, you know, I we didn't have the luxury. Um, again, this was something that we did not realise going into hospitality, into brick and mortar. I didn't have the luxury yet to give up my job because we had, we were in quite a bit of debt. Um, you know, with fit out, like it's not cheap to actually get a store stood up. So even before you open, you're you're in debt already. Um, we had a lease agreement in place. Like we had all these things that I didn't have the luxury of, you know, um, mm. right at that time, um, you know, giving up my, my job. Um, so we had to make it work. We had to like get this thing off the ground, get it pumping. And we didn't, I, you know, it's really funny. I was actually just saying this to um, my co my current co-founder, where like at the time I could not have even imagined getting out of that world of hurt, getting out of that point in time when you're just like, how in the world are we going to have this work? I couldn't even envisage what that would look like because I was just so like, like, yeah, how are we going to make this happen? How are we going to? So interesting. And so at what point did you decide to leave your role? So basically um, at the point when we found out that, um, so gosh, that was, this would have been three and a half to four years into having opened. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and at that time we actually had grown. So we had five stores, um, for the chocolate, which was crazy. Cause again, as I said, I could never have imagined being out of even just that one stores, like, you know, struggles. Mm. Um, but we scaled probably too quickly. (laughs) I'm I'm not gonna lie, but, um, Yeah. yeah, we, really quickly and then um we and found so it was out. the revenue the revenue was coming in like the stores were doing well that's why you decided to expand yeah yeah basically yeah. yep that was that was what was happening and so we were investing we were basically reinvesting everything that we were making from each store back into yeah. into growing um which still kept kept meaning that it was hard to stop working because that was essentially our income because we weren't really drawing an income because we were just reinvesting it all back into growth. Yeah. Um, but at that point, uh, we found out that our store manager of our city store had been stealing from us um, for quite a while, I want to say, because it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, my gosh. It was, yeah. So I think it was at that moment when it was like, because I think for me, I probably didn't quite consciously sit down or take the moment to think about like what I was, I was just like, you know, cause for me it was like, yeah, every day, you know, you get up. And, and by that time I didn't actually have to work in stores anymore um, because, you know, we had a team and, you know, that, that was, it was doing its thing. And I was just working more like strategy back end, like, you know, stuff where I could do on the weekends or, you know. Um, and I think it took a moment like that to actually snap me out of like, is this where we want to be? Is this what I want to be doing? Is this, mm you know, where I want to be is this, you know, all, all of that, because that made me, that moment made me pause and reflect on what we were actually doing. Yeah. And I think I, it seems weird now to say this, but it, I needed something like that to like snap me out of this almost like being on the hamster wheel. Yeah. yeah. Just doing and doing and doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was the next step from there? Well, I, um, we also, you know, we were kind of like, kind of re-looked at everything so it was like do we want to still be in this business because we can keep growing and you know that's definitely a viable path or um or we 
don't. We decide not to and we decide to do something else. So I've always wanted to live and work overseas. And so I was just like, let's just do it. Like what's really holding us back? Like if we were able to do anything right now in the world, like Mm. what would we do? And that was what, you know, we wanted to do. And at the time I I was actually exploring a new idea um, with uh, my now co-founder, Bonner, and it was in fashion technology. So we'd met in corporate as well. She was also working at Macquarie and, you know, there was this, because I don't like shopping um, and I just remember, (laughs) I remember like, I know, it's so, yeah, yeah. Um, But I remember coming in one day and uh, I was just like, Bonner, like I just spent the whole night trying to find stuff for me (laughs) to wear (laughs) online. I'm on, um, you know, the likes of, gosh, uh, oh, my God, this is bad. What's the big online store in Australia like ASOS I was gonna say ASOS no the um the 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 um consolidator how can I forget they were, they're massive anyway I was on this website and I was on page like gosh I think I ended up being on page 90 or something like, this is ridiculous so the next morning I ended up not buying anything I was like I spent the whole night trying to find something to wear because winter's coming up and I need mm. you know <laughs> clothes warm clothes and um and so we just started talking about you know wouldn't it be nice to have this like personal stylist but like online automated by the way this is not a new idea I think there's been a lot of either attempts or people doing this um by the time we're like oh yeah this could be really cool let's explore it um so we're working on this fashion technology idea and uh, that kind of coin and then so that there was that that coincided with you know finding out that we're getting stolen from which then, you know, we were kind of re-looking at everything. Um, and then I was like, well, what better place to explore this than in New York, right? The, the epicenter of fashion and technology. Um, that was my excuse anyway. I really <laughs> wanted to like. I will have to go to New York in order to do this business. Yeah. Exactly. I have to use that one one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I think Ash and I pretty much were like, yep, let's just do it because the stores were systemized, like they can run they pretty much ran without us anyway. Um, and then I was talking to Bonner and I was like, yeah, you know, we can make it work. You know, we'll do, basically we'll be 24 seven because I'll do Northern Hemisphere hours and she can do Southern Hemisphere hours. Um, and then there was like this one night. So we uh, we used to every week work out um, near Barangaroo um, in, in Sydney. And then we do, we have dinner afterwards. Uh, and so we were at dinner and I, and I don't know why I actually remember the moment we were having lasagna <laughs> and I was like you know what but like do you just want to come do you want to come and she was like I think she was a little bit like uh uh well let me uh let me let me think I, I don't know like you know I'll think about it and stuff and then she actually just told me it was so funny because we recorded another podcast episode just on the weekend I didn't even realize this but she was like because we were recounting the story our journey and she was like yeah you know what like I went home that night and I just started crying and I was like what I didn't know this she's like yeah I don't think I told you she's like I just started crying because I think I knew intuitively that I was going to do it and that meant, you know, because she's very close to her family and stuff, and she, that meant, you know, that she'd have to, you know, mm. leave her family. And and I was like, wow, I didn't realise that. So there you go. So then so I basically came over to New York um, with my husband, my cat, and my co-founder. Uh, so we all live together? 
We do, yes. So we have a, um, a nice two-bedroom apartment up in Harlem um, and we had it, uh, we had prepaid it, we prepaid it for 12 months because we were like, okay, so that gives us, A, we didn't have a, you know, credit history or rent history, nothing here. So that was kind of, you know, to get be guaranteed almost like accommodation we had to we had to do that um and then but that also gave us that was like okay cool we kind of have like 12 months of let's make this work <laughs> you know yeah. give ourselves 12 months um and it's so we yeah we started we hit the ground running with like this fashion technology idea we went to columbia campus went to nyu went to wall street all of that to speak to women women that we thought were in our target market and um we realized so again this is another moment uh I was so that was so we landed in August of 2019 and then December of 2019 I was actually in London with Ash because he had just gotten a new job and we had to be there um to sort out visas and things like that um and it was my it was after my birthday actually and I uh I was working on the engine. So the engine was just an Excel spreadsheet, lots and lots of formulas. It was a big, it was a beast. And I opened, I opened it up and everything was wiped. And I was like, what? Did you have <laughs> a backup? Like, I'm like, oh, like, a, like a really, really old one. Like not one that, you know, it was, it was like starting from scratch in a way again. And I remember like calling Bonnie and I'm like basically in tears. And I'm like, I can't, like this just happened. And anyway, so I was like, I was like, we'll figure it out. So, but as I sat there and I was like, cause I was like thinking about, I have to start this thing again. Like I have to, you know, rethink through my logic and et cetera. And um, I was like, if we were really real with ourselves, because now it came down to, I have to put in a lot of time to redo it, to redo a lot of it. And so I remember calling Bonner back and I'm like, I think we need to have this conversation. Like, do we want to invest more time and potentially money into this idea? Like it, we've spoken to a lot of women. Do we hand on heart think that this is something that is a big enough problem that people are going to change their habits to solve, like to you know, want to. And from all of the conversations you'd had at Wall Street and the universities and everything, what was the feedback? Oh, it was always positive because I think when you're, you know, when you're surveying or when you're putting something in front of people, they're always going to be trying to be as supportive as possible. But I think where I started having misgivings was like, okay, would people actually pay for this thing? And that was, um, and you know, people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, it would. But, like, at the point when it's like, even it's like, okay, we'll join our email list or, you know, like small step, like, yeah. you know, that currency, that even that small currency was not really there. And so, and, you know, at the time as well, because this is the thing when you're like, when you're a business, when you're starting a business and you feel like you have this great idea, you, kind of morph or you kind of like view what people are saying from the lens of that this is going to this is a great idea right like that's you know so even if they're giving you because you, you, you can always read into thing into what someone's saying in different ways like that's just always going to be the case so even if there was like slightly not negative but more like constructive feedback 
we'd still view it as like, okay, well, people, like, this is still something that people need, but we just have to tweak this little thing rather than are they just being supportive and they're just they're actually saying, you know, the constructive feedback should actually be worse. You know, like it, it's, they're, they're really scaling it back to be a support, more on the supportive side than not. And so, yeah, so we had, to, we had a, quite a long discussion actually and decided to fail the business. Okay. Um, so <laughs> they were like, oh, gosh, now what? Now what do we do? We gave ourselves 12 months. Uh, we're, you know, not even six months in and we don't know what we're doing. And um, so, yeah, so it was kind of like back to the drawing board. Now, at the time, um, the good thing is I bumped into like an acquaintance actually who has a chocolate store over here in New York. And um, he wanted to get online. He wanted to start to transition. This was actually before COVID, so it was kind of like good timing in a way. He wanted to get more and more online. And so we were like, well, we can help with that. So we actually just started almost like freelancing, almost like agency work, helping his helping him set up his e-commerce business online and, and growing that. And so we kind of fell into e-commerce agency work, which then led us into e-commerce coaching, like we coached e-commerce business owners. Um, and then throughout that journey, we, you know, in speaking to our clients and everyone, because my whole thing is online, you have to tell your stories. Like you have to, you know, and especially when you're in e-com and you have this product, because everyone, it's so easy to hide behind your product and be like, here's something I launched and is it here, here they are in five different colors, <laughs> you know, um, rather than, you know, wanting to be the face. And I was a big, big advocate for like, especially when you're starting in your smaller business, you are the differentiator. So you have to step outside, out in front of your product and be the true face of the business. And so, you know, and, they, and so I was like, you have to tell your stories. And they were like, well, that's great. I get it. But I just don't know how. How do I tell my stories? Um, and so that is honestly how Capture came about because that where it started from was like, okay, let's help entrepreneurs turn their stories into what they need it for, which is captions and emails. Um, so, yes, that led us down that path. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we worked on that and then we launched, as I said, MVP end of last year. Amazing. So good. so good. And so who, and so you, at the very beginning, you were saying that, you know, you kind of created it for one purpose and now it's sort of evolving or you're looking to niche it, et cetera. And so what's that journey been? So who started to design the back end of it? Like, how did you kind of get that up and running and, and where are you now with it? Yeah. So um, the back end was all me and I'm, I'm like my, the way that my brain thinks is very much in frameworks. And so I was kind of like when people were like, I don't know how to tell my stories. I was like, oh, okay. So I had to like think about how I do it um, and break that down. And so I created a framework of like, okay, this is how you can tell your story. So I was giving that to, to my clients. And then I was like, okay, well, can we take this a step further and almost put it into some kind of formula? Uh, and so that's what I started doing again, Excel spreadsheet. And I made sure that I had more backups this time. Yeah. <laughs> Save that days. thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and um, yeah. And then it was really, okay. So, so I was, as I said, I was serving, we we're helping e-commerce business owners. And then this is kind of an aside, but it, it's, it's related. Uh, I was at um, Russell Brunson's like final hacking live event, which was in September of last year so 2021 and uh I at that time in that moment 
I was actually not feeling, I was feeling like, I don't know how, I guess the word that comes to mind now is like unfulfilled. At the time I was just like, I just knew that there wasn't something quite right, but I didn't, didn't really know what that was. And um, it was the last, so he had Tony Robbins speak on the last day of that event. And it was so interesting because uh, in that moment, because Tony was talking, he was actually talk- talking about the um, how to create fulfillment or happiness in your life. And therefore where and the patterns of focus to do that. And so the first pattern of focus he was talking about, he just said like one word and I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is what's happening. Um, because he was talking about when we focus on what's missing rather than what we have, that's when we're constantly feeling unfulfilled, mm-hmm. constantly feeling unhappy. And I was like, There's, this is what's happening in, in our current business, in our e-commerce business, because I think I still had this a little bit of imposter syndrome because as I said, we fell into agency work. We fell into coaching. It was never something like, it wasn't like I had to do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, And so what that meant was I was constantly, constantly thinking about what was missing in myself. So, you know, and I was therefore burning, I was like, okay, well, I need to get in front of the next thing and the next thing, the next thing. And then as soon as I saw someone promoting some other strategy or some other thing, I'd be like, oh gosh, okay, I have to learn that so that I can like, you know, be the expert, be the all-knowing person. And (laughs) I feel like I'm looking in a mirror, Deirdre. I feel like I'm looking in a mirror. Yeah. I totally, I totally get it. I get that. Uh, And um, yeah. So I, so in that moment, I was like, wow, this is what's happening. I am feeling this way because I am just always so focused on what's missing. But I was like, but what I do have, because then he was like, focus on what you have. And I was like, okay, well, what do I have? I don't know. What? And I was like, I was like, well, I'm an introvert, which I know a lot of people get a surprise to hear about, but um, I can guarantee you that after this conversation, I'm going to have to have take a nap or something. Cause like, <laughs> okay. So yeah, so I'm, I'm this introvert who um, has still managed to like, you know, climb the corporate ladder and, you know, build a successful business and like do all these things, even though I thought this one, this really negative thing in myself was this negative thing. Um, and, but that's something that's actually remarkable. Right. And so that's where I was like, oh, I think this is what I want me to be focusing on. It's like, how can I help entrepreneurs find their remarkability and therefore their stories to tell, because that's where the remarkability comes in. Um, and so that's when, so when we launched Capture, which was after that event, um, I was like, well, we can help all entrepreneurs. We can help all entrepreneurs. Because that's all of them in the whole wide world. Yeah. Because exactly. <laughs> every entrepreneur needs to understand how remarkable they are and tell their stories. And we have such a great way for you to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of, that was what led me to, and then literally, in the last four weeks, so, you know, you talk about the, the messy middle, like, and as I say, it's probably also messy, messy beginning, messy, everything, messy. Um, yeah, in the last four weeks, I, so I was speaking to a coach of ours and I, we thought, so we hopped on um, and we were like, oh, this is going to be like a five-minute conversation, super quick, because we just want to talk about messaging, right? Just, just a headline. I love that, like, the <laughs> five-minute messaging conversation. Yeah. Not sure that's a thing, but anyway, <laughs> Yeah. And we're like, gonna, we just, super quick question. Um, and then like 45 minutes later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where he's just like, nah, nah, you've got a niche down. Nah, not going to work. It's too broad. Nah. And we're like, and we like, I kid you not, we let, so that call was on a, so it was on a Friday morning, midday. 
And after that, I was, we were like brain, like we could not function the rest of the day because there was just so many things going on in, my, on in our mind, which is like all of the implications niching down. And there's so many things, right? That like, first thing is the, the fears come up, the fears of, but are there enough people? Yeah, are, are there not enough. enough. Of people out there, right? Like, <laughs> Those fears came up. Yeah. And then the fears of like, but what is this going to mean for our business? What is this going to mean for the software? Because if we need, like, there's going to be a lot of implications to the downstream impacts of that. Um, so I was like, okay, I, can't, I, I, had, I took like a 90-minute walk. I was like, I just have to get out of here, take a 90-minute walk. Um, you know, and then I was like, and the more, and when I was, when I walk, I actually listen um, to podcasts, to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, same. And um yeah, and I was, as I was listening to podcasts, because his whole, because what our coach was saying was like, you have to niche down and think about who the people are that A, you want to serve, but B, need, you know, what it is that you're having. And obviously we started from a place of storytelling. So he was like, you know, is it authors, is it bloggers? And I'm like, oh, I could be, but I don't really have, like I've written and I've actually have one in edit um, right now. So I've just written a book, but like, I like, but I, I don't have really, apart from that, I don't really have an affinity like with authors mm. as such. Um, so as I was walking, I was listening to, pod, to podcasts and I was like, well, pod, I mean, podcasting is all about telling stories. Um, and I have like four podcasts myself, you know, like something ridiculous. Cause I just like, you know, I, I love that space. I love like talking about it. I'm a, I think I'm an auditory learner, like all of those things. And so I came back in and I said to Bon, I was like, well, why don't we target podcasters? Um, and specifically like business owners. So at that time we were like, okay, what about business owners who podcast? So there's, they're specifically looking to, you know, grow their business through podcasting. So that was, you know, and then we hop back on. So every time we have our, co- our coaching call uh, with our coach, we're always like, oh gosh, just gonna, we're going to get our balls broken again. Like, <laughs> He was like, it's good. This is a good start. You've made a lot of progress, but you got to niche down again. And I'm like, what? How? <laughs> that seems like a pretty, you know, that seems yeah. pretty niche down already. Um, and so back to the draw board, thinking about, thinking about it. And then, um, you know, as I didn't even know how this came about, but I think it was just through talking and through discussing and working out, you know, how we were using it in our old, in our um, e-com coaching business. And it was like, okay, well, what about, like high ticket coaches because that's who we were like we were we know that space um and so that's that's the path that we went down and even now like and so even right now we are still trying to really refine that messaging because we know who we're talking to now and 100% hand on heart like having gone through that I think we all know we, we hear that oh yeah you have to niche down and we're like yeah yeah, yeah whatever this, that doesn't apply to my business or like I have I've niched down and but really like you know whereas like having gone through that now I'm like oh my gosh it is seriously I know now the importance of doing that because everything since then has been that much easier like the content that we create the messages that we put out even though we're still testing them like everything has just been so much easier off the back of that and we've had people, um, you know, in even in the in those group coaching calls, and as we're talking things out, they're literally like chatting. They're like, "Sign me up for that," <laughs> you know. So you know, they're like, "Yeah, I'd like," you know. So that that 
mess like the intuitive message is landing. Mm. So we're like, okay, I think we're onto something. So now it's just yeah. about how do we position the software and our because we do um, provide courses and stuff to surround that software. Like, how do we now really tighten that so that it's talking to this one specific person. audience? Yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. That's where we're at. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good that you're still in that process of working it out and and testing it. And so what's the next thing for you with Capture? So, yeah, so the next thing is we literally spoke to our developer this morning. So we, as part of the niching down and thinking about things differently now um, because we are targeting high-ticket coaches of podcasts and being very very, being very um, intentional about, you know, how we uh, almost what our framework is to help mm. people through that. So um, we, our vehicle, we came up with a new vehicle that we realised we've always been doing, but we never never thought about it and we never put a name to it until we had to be intentional about it. Uh, we call it Content Honey Traps. Uh, and that whole, that Content Honey Traps is all about how do we at each stage of, I call it a front-end funnel, mm-hmm. compel people to the next thing. So you want to, from your social media, compel people to have to listen to your podcast episode. And then even when they click play in the first five minutes, you need to compel them to to stay, right? You need, you want them to listen to the whole thing. And then even in, when you're telling a story, you need to start to set those, lay those content honey traps for them to either go to want to go to your show notes or want to keep staying to the end where you're going to drop more value. And then, you know, it, it's literally at every step of the way mm-hmm. doing that. So we created a framework around that. And then we actually um, created new tools for cap inside cap show. So we created more for like more things. And then we literally spoke to our developer this morning and he's, he's um, putting them in to cap show. So by the end of this week, we should have content honey traps as a, a tool inside of capture which is going to be so cool Amazing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah That's and then so and then from the, like I have we have big visions like we really we're already starting to pull podcast like RSS feeds into into it but ultimately where I want it to go is um, with machine learning that basically can like read your transcript of the your podcast mm-hmm. episode and be able to create all of the content for you in terms of um, caption from a caption perspective, like yeah. content honey traps and stories and, you know, the key takeaways and quotes and like pull out the really cool things. That's, that's the vision. That's what yeah, we're Yeah, that would be amazing. Imagine not having to write the show notes and all the rest <laughs> of it. And yeah, all your social content created for you for the podcast. That would be, that's incredible. Yeah. That's such a great idea as well. Yeah. So good. And so are you staying in New York? Yeah. So for the foreseeable future, we're, yeah, we're here to stay um, until I guess the US decides to kick us out if that happens. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to make it work. So good. So good. I love it. Well, Deidre, I, I just think that it's so important not just to tell the stories where everything goes amazingly well, but like we were talking about on your podcast as well is, you know, what did you learn along the way? What were the things that went wrong? What is that messy middle? Because everybody goes through it. And I think so many entrepreneurs are like, why is it so hard for me and everybody else that just works seamlessly for, and it's just not true. Like everybody goes through that as well. So telling these stories are such an important thing for us to do. And Cap Show sounds amazing. So where can my listeners find out more about you and Cap Show and check it all out? 
Yeah, so uh, a couple of places. I mean, first of all, I'm on all the social media, so just at Deidre Shen, um, but you can also go to DeidreShen.com. Um, there are links to Capture, but also to any resources um, that I ever talk about and recommend. Uh, and I guess the last place is uh, I, we've just... With this niching down, we've just launched a new podcast. It's called Grow My Podcast Show. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to, if anyone is interested, if they are a coach who is has a podcast and wants to get more high ticket clients through their podcast funnel, uh, come and yeah, listen to Grow My Podcast Show. Amazing. Well, listen, we'll have all the links in the show notes as well so that everybody can go and check it out. But so appreciate you being on and love your story. Thank you so much, Suze. It was so good to talk to you. You're like a natural, you're such a natural interviewer. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, lovely. Well, I can't wait for my audience to check you out and, um, and yeah, love your story as well. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I just think it's so important to share all the different stages of business, the messy middle, when we're still figuring it out, Not everything is a massive success story from the get-go. We're all continuing to work to build and grow the businesses that we want. So I really wanted to share that story with you. I hope that you enjoyed it. That's it for another week. Amazing to have you here. Just remember, you can always connect with me on Instagram at Suze Chadwick. If you've got any questions, I am here for it. Happy to answer them for you. Feel free to share this episode if you got a lot of value out of it. And I cannot wait to see you next week back here on the podcast.